0: we're going to look at today why why are we not fighting and let's make us sure that we do fight so my first point here is to recognize the battle front recognize there is a battle recognize that you're fighting recognize that sometimes it's obvious that there's a battle Sometimes, you know, you, of course you know, you know, some terrible sickness comes on you or, or some sort of horrible financial calamity or <laughs> massive bushfires bearing down on you. You know there's a battle going on and we need to, you know, we can stand and fight and it's obvious. But sometimes the, the warfare is more sort of guerrilla warfare. And there's a sense of you know, perhaps perhaps even the warfare is is subtle, it's sort of a subtle infiltration of your life or of your country of where you where you belong. So we need to be sure that we identify where the battlefront lies for us, know where nowhere we're fighting, so that we can be smart, so that we can address the the warfare that is going on for us. And you know, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees who were very blind about their own battle if you look at John eight forty four, he says he, he said to them you belong to your father the devil and you want to carry out your father's desires he was a murderer from the beginning and and holding to the truth not holding to the truth for there is no truth in him when he lies he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of liars so he says you belong to your father the devil so they didn't even they, they didn't They didn't think that. They didn't know that they were operating through the devil. They didn't realise that they were blind and that they had a religious spirit. So let me just encourage you to identify the battlefront. And if you think nothing's wrong in your life and there's no battles going on, perhaps that's your battle. There's a spirit of apathy or a spirit of blindness. Perhaps, you, you know, because I can assure you that if you're really full on for God and you're walking in the spirit, the devil will harass you. He will attack you constantly because he doesn't want you to go well and it's not a problem, you just get used to it. I can't tell you how often people tell to me, I, I, I wake up and I feel this or that, and I think, yeah, that happens to me all the time. I get it all the time. People tell me these terrible things that are going on in their lives and I think, well, yeah, this is war, we're at war. It's like going up to a soldier and saying, people are shooting at me. It's like, yes, and? <laughs> Do, did you not know that we're at war? If you don't know that we're at war... You're not in a good place. We need to know we're at war and we need to be used to it. And we need to enjoy life in the midst of the warfare. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So it's kind of like, but I thought when we became a Christian, you know, it was kind of, we got the blessing and the prosperity. I like that talk. Can we do that one? It's like, yeah, we do that one. We do that a lot. But he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. We can't just focus on the table the whole time. We've got to be aware of the enemies. Enjoy the table. the table. But be aware that there's a, there's a battle going on. So we don't want to have a, a spirit of complacency or a spirit of worldliness where all we're doing is focusing on what we can get and how we can do better in the world or a spirit of pride. Like, oh, I don't have those sort of problems. There's nothing wrong with me. I think, mm-mm, that's not a good place to be in. Of course you've got problems. If you don't know you've got problems, you're, you're in a worse position than the rest of us. So know that there is a battle against you. Be aware of that battle and open your eyes and identify it. Here's some questions you can ask to identify your battlefront. Ask yourself specifically this. What is a specific area of bondage or attack that I struggle with? Is there an area in my life that I'm not at peace about, I'm not happy with? How do I normally respond? What spirits may they be? What... What demonic spirits might be behind that? What is a biblical response? How can I fight this issue? There's some good questions to ask yourself, aren't they? Because we know that there's a battle. Look at Ephesians 6.12, the classic warfare scripture that talks about our weapons. Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles the strategies, the difficulties of the devil. You've got to be able to stand against his, what he's doing to you. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. People are not the problem. Mitchell is not the problem. <laughs> Leah's like, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Leah, he is not the problem. I am not the problem. Pastor Chris is not the problem. Your husband is not the problem. Your wife is not the problem. The government is not the problem. Scott Morrison is not the problem. The Greenies are not even the problem. Trump is not the problem. Okay? Neither is Putin. They're not the problem. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. Very many times these people are influenced by spirits behind them anyway. They're not the problem. If we are experiencing any lack of peace and joy and righteousness in our lives is because of the warfare against us and it's our responsibility to sort it out our my responsibility no one makes me unhappy no one it's my responsibility to find joy in the lord it's my responsibility to have victory in god if i'm finding people difficult or situations difficult It's my responsibility to recognise the spirits behind them and to deal with them so that they don't impact me any more. David Wilkinson, as I said, he said this, if you walk in the spirit, you will be constantly harassed by demonic powers, but you do not have to be intimidated ever. Okay? Harassed but not intimidated. Attacked but not defeated struggling but not losing, okay? That is our life as soldiers in Christ and we fight this fight because we enjoy being soldiers. We put on the whole armour of God that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood but this is what we wrestle against and there's levels of devils, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The devil has a whole array of uh authorities and demons that are attacking us from the very highest to the lowest okay so we need to put on the whole armor of god so that we may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand so evil days are going to come across us and we have to know how to stand so i'm you know i hope i'm not sort of worrying you all but it's just life and it's exciting because we keep going back to that scripture. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. So we're not, we're not worried. We're not upset by this. We just accept it. This is, this is life. This is the way it is. We're going to fight and we're going to win. Because we're not going to stop fighting until we win. That's what I like to do. If people say, oh, I don't, I'm trying, it's not working. I say, well, you're not dead yet. So just keep going until you experience the victory over this issue. And then you say, well, what if I die? Well, that's okay because then you go to heaven, and then you've really won. So you you really can't lose. You keep fighting till you win. If you die, you win. If you're born again, make sure you're born again because you want to. That's that's the only time you could really lose if you're not with Jesus. Because we're only there's two kingdoms. We've got to make sure in this kingdom. If we're in this kingdom, the kingdom of light, we win. We go to heaven. If you're in the kingdom of darkness, still sort that one out today. Get into the kingdom of light. It's definitely the place to be. Now, some people sort of say, "Oh, look, you know, Ruth, you know, we have this thing. Oh, not everything's a devil, you know. We, for a while, everyone was everything's. A, it's not everything's a devil. I, I know that. If I fall over, it, it may not be a devil that tripped me over. It might be, but it might not be. I understand that that some things in life just, just happen. Just, you know, I don't know why they happen. They maybe, for any particular reason, maybe we just made a dumb decision, you know. But." <clears throat> but i think that we are moving i think we're not recognizing enough the spiritual forces in our life that's my feeling lately i think we've moved too far to this place of it's not demonic it's chemical it's not demonic it's it's your body it's not demonic it's genetic it's not demonic it's just you you're upset it's trauma it's trauma it's not you know every it seems like i think we we've gone too far in that direction even if it's a trauma induced situation it's often it's often inspired or pushed from a d- demon behind and i think in the west we're moving too far away from recognizing spiritual forces i read a great story about smith wigglesworth who had appendicitis and was um d- he didn't like going to the doctors which you know i've do got no problems if you've got appendicitis go to the doctor get it cut out I'm you know we've got medicine it's fine but he didn't believe in going to the doctor he was feisty about that so he didn't and so the appendicitis it it burst and he got the poison throughout his system the doctors came in and said well you're going to die you're you're done you've left it too late and then a couple came in from his church and um this is back in the back in the day, Smith Wigglesworth. If you don't know about Smith Wigglesworth, you've got to look him up. He's such a champion. So then um, this couple came from church, this older woman and, and her son or a younger bloke. And he knew that this couple always said everything was the devil. And so he knew they were going to come in and bind buy, buy the devil. And he wanted to argue with him. He said, he, he said I would have argued with t- well, till I was blue in the face to say, it's not a devil. It's it's appendicitis but they didn't take any notice of that because this is they always bound the devil and he said the guy punched him in the stomach and they bound the devil Said, get out of him in jesus name and he was instantly healed and he got up and he was healed and he went off to work and the doctor came back later on said where is and they said he's um he's gone to work and they said well he'll come back a corpse and he used to preach and say, "I'm the corpse. Here I am." He was completely healed, and after that, he would go and pray for people with appendicitis and punch them in the same way, and they, and deliver them, and they would get healed. So, so I read this book. Um, I read this book in beautiful Kenneth Hagen, who I also love. Can't wait to meet him. He taught me faith. Such a gorgeous guy. But anyway, I read this story here, and he said he told this story, and people said, "Well, brother Hagin, we know it's not a devil because you can cut it out." And the the pain stops. So clearly it can't be a devil because if you can cut it out, you know, it's spiritual. It can't be a devil. And he said, you have no understanding of spiritual warfare. It's like there are demons that can attach to parts of your body. So maybe there's a – I mean, we don't know all of these things, but maybe there's a little demon that just likes to sit on your appendix and he gets in there so when you cut the appendix off, he goes with it. I don't know. That seems to be the case. You can't argue with success. It worked. That's what they did not necessarily saying you do that but i think that we are too quick to assign everything to the physical world and we're not quick enough to recognize that if there are, if a devil can sit on your appendix and be cut out along with the appendix then let's face it there's devils around they can sit on any part of our body and we are required to recognize that and get rid of them it's not a big deal it's not a problem we just have to be aware of the battle and fight and use our weapons and, and know what the weapons are. So some of those weapons in that scripture in Ephesians, the belt of truth, the belt of truth, that is a weapon. I like the thought of that being a weapon, truth. Truth is a weapon. It actually works against lies. The devil is the father of lies. So he lies to us. He lies to us in a whole bunch of different ways, and says, "You know, it's not you, it's them, or it's not your fault, or you're okay, or oh, this 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 won't hurt, or just try it once, just once, it won't hurt." You know, little lies that he, we, you know, we've been talking about how the devil speaks into our mind, and the truth is a very good thing because the truth will help us to say no to those lies, and that in itself is a weapon saying no to the devil affecting us. I absolutely hate lies of any kind at all, even if it's got nothing to do with the Spirit or God or anything, because I really believe that if you accept any lie at all, it opens the door to the devil because he's the father of lies. So if he can start with a little lie that seems innocuous and doesn't seem to hurt, he will. So I have to really constrain myself when people say something that I don't think is true and that is Fairly irrelevant not to have a massive debate with them because I can't bear that they have a lie in their life. It's like, get that lie out of your life. It's like it's only a little thing, Ruth. It's not, you know, it's okay if I believe this. And I'm like, no, it's not, it's not true. But I I generally hold myself back, except with those who know me very well. <laughs> then I, maybe I go for it. <laughs> so we need to be aware of the truth. So that is a weapon. The Bible says the helmet of salvation is a weapon to, to, to have to be saved and protected in our thinking, to be saved and protected in, in what we're thinking about, in what we're looking at, in, saved and protected in our, our way of approaching people. Our, the, a helmet of salvation is a helmet of, I think, to be teachable, to be hungry, to be open, to allow our mind to, to not fight everything but to, to listen and learn. That is a, is a weapon. So It's interesting. Some of the weapons are perhaps less obvious than others. The breastplate of righteousness is a weapon. Sometimes in life, part of, deal, part of getting set free is just being righteous. It's just saying no to certain sin that will, will affect you. You know, you. you know that if you look at certain things, it will open doors in your life and you need to say no and just say, no, that's not right. Certain co- Have you ever had that thing where you're just talking with a group of people or at a party or something and then you go away and you feel absolutely horrible? You go away and you feel, I feel so bad, I feel so horrible, I feel like a a terrible sinner, you lose your peace and your joy and all you were doing was talking to people. But sometimes we've got to put that righteousness on and go, is this talk healthy? Do I need to be here? Is this good for me? All of these things are weapons and all of these things are things that we need to be aware of and use and work with. So uh, obviously there's more weapons there. I'm not going to go through all the weapons because... I think sometimes when you're looking at how to deal with spiritual things, I've noticed that the Bible is not, it's not as clear as you'd like. It's not like, here's the chapter on demonic warfare. Here's what you do. It's sort of all over the place. And the reason is because every situation is different. It's not a, it's not a sort of A to Z of how to do everything. God wants us to seek him and to find out the answers for ourselves. And God wants us to, 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 to know what's happening in our life. And every situation is different. Every person is different. Every attack that you've come under is a little bit different. And so we're required to know, how is this going to work for me? And we can get clues and ideas from different people, but we don't always know how it's going to operate, how it's going to work. One other thing I want to say too, it it speaks of the helmet of salvation as being a weapon of warfare against the wiles of the devil. So obviously you can be saved and you can be severely attacked by the devil even I believe oppressed I don't know how deep devils can go in us I mean Smith Wigglesworth was a good guy he was out there healing people and doing great things and he had a devil inside of him so can I just encourage you not to sort of feel too spooked or weird about this and think oh I don't have any devils I'm okay It, it doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong it doesn't mean that your life is a mess if the devil is attacking one part of your world I think that's important because I think sometimes we don't want to deal with the reality that this could be demonic because we don't like to think that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have a demon, do I? I'm not walking around with the devil. That's a, bit, that's a bit fierce. That's a bit yucky. But sometimes it's got absolutely nothing to do with you. Sometimes it's got no, it's no fault of yours. Sometimes it's not you haven't done anything wrong. You're just being attacked. No one, no one blamed France for getting attacked by the Nazis. It's not their fault tried to stop you know but it's just you just under attack and and maybe with no blame I, t- I was talking to a friend about this just the other day and she shared with me how twice as a young girl at the age of about 17 she was mugged twice once at gunpoint this is in Sydney once at gunpoint she was mugged And then some time after that her bag was snatched off her shoulder. She was just standing on the road and this car drove by and they stopped and wrenched her bag off her shoulder and, you know, hurt her. But also it was very traumatic. You know, she was okay um, but it was a very traumatic situation. And and she said afterwards she – for years she was very, very aware of safety and she would – you know, she said she was always looking for escape routes – she would obviously never stand near the edge of a street. <laughs> and, you know, if she went everywhere, she preferred to be with her great big tall husband that she had. And uh, and she said if she she said because I was just walking with her and she said, "You know, like if I'd be here, I'd think, okay, well, people could come in there, but I could escape out there or I could go there." Or if, you know, she said she just she's and she didn't think that there was anything wrong with that. She just thought that was being sensible after what she'd been through. And so there was just that little trauma that had happened and she was dealing with that sensibly. She's a perfectly normal gorgeous girl in church, you know. Perfectly great. But um, one day at church, Pastor Phil called out people with with fear. He said, there's some people here who are struggling with fear. And she thought, well, I mean, you know, I, I do, I guess that's me. I'm sensible about it, but I guess I get frightened sometimes if I'm alone or because of what I went through. So she went up to the ford for prayer and he just prayed a simple prayer over her, no big deal, just, just loose that spirit of fear, no big deal. Anyway, she fell over in the spirit and she... She said, while she was lying there, she heard the woman next to her was screaming, and she's like, "Oh, that woman! Like, what's going on there?" And she opened her mouth, opened her eyes, and kind of realized it was her. She was screaming. She was screaming, and she was like, "Duh!" And she said, and she felt this spirit of fear come out of her. She felt it come out, and she didn't. She didn't even sort of think it was her. <laughs> and so she said, she's always realized. That she realised that that trauma was an opening for a spirit of fear that attacked her, and that she didn't recognise. And she, no fault of hers, and she didn't know, but she's always said there is there are spirits out there, and they are you know they are an issue, and we've got to deal with them, and we can be delivered, and it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with us. We just need to be smart about these things and respond. She was in the right place. She was in a good church. She was in a spirit-filled church that understood these things, that could get her delivered. She was just in the right place at the right time. And we don't need to be worried because, again, if, God, if we have issues in our world, God will show us. He'll bring them up. Or we can, you know, we can think about them ourselves and go and get help. It's not, it's not meant to be difficult for us. We're in the kingdom of light. Praise God we're not in the kingdom of darkness because it says that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of those who are in this kingdom. If you're not a Christian, you, you just don't even know. You have no idea what's going on. You're just in the blind with all of this sort of stuff. So so we, we are aware of the weapons. We're aware of the different ways that we need to deal with things. We need to know that we have to pray always, pray without ceasing. At the end of that, when it talks about the different weapons of our warfare, it says praying always, always praying, praying without ceasing. And sometimes in prayer, these situations will come up. So another woman, uh, Gillian Cameron, she spoke about this at the women's conference. She also struggled with the spirit of fear, and she said it was a faithful friend to her. She called it a familiar spirit because she's so used to it, and it was just normal. She just thought that that was normal. She just was always a bit frightened, and she just thought, "Oh, I'm just that. I'm just not a super confident person. I'm just one of those slightly more anxious people." So she didn't sort of think that there was a problem with it, but she she didn't. She just got to a place where she said, I shouldn't be afraid all the time. This isn't me. This isn't what God wants. And so she didn't come forward and get, she just prayed about it. And she also decided to resist. Now remember the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Spirits don't like resistance. They don't mind if you're just comfortable with them and say, oh, well, it's just the way I am. But they don't like resistance. So she said, every time I felt frightened, I went, no, no, I'm not going to be frightened anymore. That's not me. That's not who I am. She resisted. That fear. She went, oh, I'm confident. I can do this. And she would push into confidence instead and push into, and she said she got set free, but it wasn't at the front of the church. It wasn't, her way of doing it was to say no, to, to, to obey that word of God. So she used that word like a sword, resist the devil and he will flee from you. She's like, no, no. And we all can do that. All of us need to know how to do that, to resist. Every time a particular temptation comes, we say no, no, no. I heard someone talking about dieting the other day and they said it's like a muscle. <laughs> you know, say, I think it was Michelle Bridges. She said you, you practice self-control, you get stronger at it, you learn to say no to that spirit of gluttony in that instance and you get stronger at it and it becomes easier to say no. So you just learn to resist the devil. So the devil's going to have a go, no. So this is just life. This is the way that we go. we go about our life and we need to be aware of this and live life like this and accept the battle and sort of just enjoy it in a way. If you're a soldier, you enjoy it. I know for myself, it's just a constant thing, just being aware of, of battles. I, I often just wake up and feel terrible. I just wake up and go oh because something's happened or someone said something or just I feel dark and heavy and depressed and horrible but I don't even take any notice anymore I'm just like oh yeah all right I better get to fighting then who knows who knows what's come over me at night you know maybe it's some weird dream or so I just get up and I, I go downstairs have my two glasses of warm water <laughs> and then I get into the word and I start to read the bible and I read the bible and then I start to pray and I start to fight and then I just bind the devil and I just get good again and I have to do that all the time. It might be just some dark spirit of discouragement that comes on me or just depression or despair. Who knows? Other times I've had battles that are more specific. You know, I've gone to the doctor and, you know, you sort of find something the doctor says this and you, I just, oh, you just get so scared. You know that? I don't know if any of you have ever had that where the doctor says something and it's just like fear, fear. Oh. And that's a spirit of fear that's attached to that, what the doctor says. I'm, I'm very wary of doctors. I'm telling you, go to doctors with your shield of faith up. Like, da-dun, da-dun, da-dun. I'm going to the doctors because they just love finding things. And if they can't find something, they'll tell you what it might be. Oh, my goodness. You can be terrified what they might happen. Well, it could be this, could be that. It's like, duh, Really? I mean, I don't know if that's just me, but I find that scary. I don't like hearing about stuff like that. So then I have to go home, get the scriptures. I've had situations. I remember one time I was battling a fear attached to a diagnosis and I can remember that I couldn't do anything. I lasted about three minutes before the fear would come again. I just remember that the, the sense of battle, the sense of oh, oh, this fear, and they go, no, and I get my scripture and go, Arr! and then it would ease a bit. Okay, I feel a bit better. And then I'd just go and do something and then, oh, it come again. I'd go, rah, and I'd have to say the Scriptures. I had to say the Scriptures all day long. I remember all day long I had to say the Word of God. It was the only way that I could deal with that, that particular fear. And I remember getting to a place where I could almost see in the Spirit. And I remember seeing this demon attacking me and it was like here. And then I can remember I'd bind it and you would sort of stand back to a sort of here and then here and i keep binding the devil and keep fighting. And then I remember seeing its back. I always remember seeing its back. Go, in Jesus' name. And that issue turned out to be nothing. And I'm fine, obviously, still here. So, but it was good to see the back of the devil. Because from the front, my memory is that he looked fierce and scary and horrible. But from the back, he was defeated in a wizened, nothing creature. We don't need to be afraid of these creatures because Jesus has destroyed the works of the devil. They're destroyed. They're destroyed. They're destroyed. He's destroyed it. He has complete victory. Complete victory. We need to learn how to take authority, how to use the word of God and take authority and speak with authority. We're going to have to fight. We're going to have to stand up and be strong. And sometimes everything in you just wants to go to bed and ring your mother. Does he ever feel like that? But Maybe your mum doesn't know how to fight. <laughs> maybe your mum is, is gone to be with Jesus. Or maybe your mum and dad were never there for you. They didn't understand this battle. So you, And maybe there's no one there for you. Maybe you ring and no one understands. I don't know. You're going to have to learn to fight and be strong and speak. To resist the devil, he will flee from you. We've got words. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have authority. Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth to be given unto me. Go therefore. You know, he says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Listen, we've got to deal with this for ourselves. But this is not just about us. People are being affected and they don't know it. We've got to be ready to cast out demons for other people. How, You know, young Christians, people that don't understand this sort of spiritual warfare, this isn't just for our own sake. Because once you get that victory over something, you've got it. And now you've got authority to deal with it, with other people. And we need to use this authority. I remember one time in church, there was a nasty, rebellious spirit that was operating through certain people. And I could feel it and I didn't like it. And I'd had enough. So I remember it was at Dell Road and I was looking out at the thing and I said, I've had enough of this. And I remember I bound the devil. I said, you foul, rebellious spirit, out of this church now get out and I was angry and uh and someone came up walked down the stairs and someone came up to me and they were really frightened one a a woman in the church came up to me says Ruth I'm so frightened I honestly sensed a demon in this church in this very church I said right and I said what was it doing she said it was it was running past me said what way what direction she said, it was running out the door. I said, well, that's okay. It's going out the door. And I said, that's what I just prayed. And it was amazing because that doesn't, mostly people don't come up and tell me, you know, that demons are running out the door. But, <laughs> but I, it was just amazing because I literally said, out, out the door. That's enough. Go. And then she comes up to me and says, oh, I felt a devil running out the door. I'm like, well, that's what I just told it to do. So that's Okay. That's the way we want devils to go, out the door. So we need to know when we have authority like that and we need to be sure that before the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you, before it says that, it says submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So don't, don't muck around, okay? <laughs> you don't want to be like in the New Testament where the guy said, well, I know I know Paul and I know Jesus, but who are you? <laughs> like he He responds to authority of Jesus. We don't get to just play spiritual games outside of the Lord. So we need to make sure we've got our helmet of salvation on and that we're in a good submissive place before we try to sort of do these things. So I just want to finish with one more story, another one of our main weapons that we're going to use. This is in Psalm 8, verse 2. It says, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the enemy and the avenger. Psalm 8 verse 2. The Passion Translation says this kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. So a massive weapon that we have is is the weapon of praise and warfare and just worshipping the Lord. And so um, I love the story that Mike Connell shares and, uh, and I loved it because he does ...what I do. And I thought, that's good. I do that too. So I'll share it with you. But he uh, was a pastor of a church... ...and he realised that he had issues with his father. He'd had a difficult childhood. He said there was nasty stuff going on at home... ...and so he withdrew into his own world of books and reading. And he thought he was fine. He just withdrew from his father. And he just dealt with his own life. And he was doing very well. He got married. He was a pastor of a church... But he knew that there was something that it was coming up. Something wasn't right in his world. He had issues, and he said he was embarrassed because he was a pastor, <laughs> so he didn't tell anyone. But he knew he had to deal with it. He said that my heart was detached. That's how he described his heart. He said it was detached. So sometimes the way that we deal with something is just like I'm just I'm not I'm not going to do it. I just no, just shut down. That's not the way God wants us to live. He wants us to be engaged and intimate. And madly in love, fervently in love with each other. And if we're not fervently in love with each other, we need to deal with that because that's the Bible tells us that we ought to be. So he knew something was wrong and he decided he was going to deal with it. So what he did was he sought God, he said, for months. He prayed and he fasted regularly. And he said, this is what I would do. And I'm going to tell you what he does because this is exactly what I do. This is this works. He said, first of all, he made a decision to seek God and pray and deal with this issue in his heart that wasn't right. He said that he would praise God for half an hour and then he would worship with just one song. <laughs> I love that. So praise songs for half an hour and then worship with one song. So you just got to praise. This morning, I've, I've discovered my headphones, which is great because it's very difficult praising God very loudly in a house full of sleeping people. When you don't want to wake them all up, so this morning I was doing it with my headphones on, and I thought, I, 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 can I recommend African American music? Like, there's just they just have something on them. Like this one is going, I'm blessed, oh blessed, oh, yeah blessed, and he's singing away. And I'm so I'm got my headphones, on and I thought I was just quietly humming along with it. <laughs> I had the I had the earphones attached to my phone, and I'm just like dancing away in my room, you know. And then uh, and then. <laughs> Then the, the music suddenly stops and the phone rings. I'm like, Chris? He's like in the room next to her. He goes, babe, what are you doing? You have to, you have to stop. And I'm like, all right, fine. Fine then. So then I rang, I rang a friend of mine. I said, do you want to get to church really early and pray? And she's like, yes, because she's always like, yes, let's get to church really early and pray. Because if you can't pray at home you got to pray wherever you can find a spot to praise God. You go out to a mountain like Andrew did this morning, find a rock and pray. Anyway, so he would praise God and just break through praise and praise and worship God and thank Him for this marvellous victory that is ours. And, just, and then you go, hey, it's okay. It's good. We've got the victory over this. Jesus is good. Praise silences the devil. And so then he would, and he says, I would use my body. I would be loud and I would declare freedom over my life and I would bind the spirits of bitterness that were somewhere deep inside of him that he hadn't even known. And so he said he would use praise to break through and that's just so important, to break through with praise, to break through in our life and be determined to move forward. He said this, I felt weird. My heart resisted the change. These, he, he also spoke about familiar spirits. This way of feeling was familiar to me. It's normal. And this is really interesting. It's sometimes normal for us to just be a bitter person. It's like, oh, I'm just, oh, that's just the way I am. I'm bitter. Or oh, I'm just, well, I'm just a critical person. Just, that's who I am. You got a problem with that? It's like, yeah, I do actually. <laughs> the Bible says not to be like that. Other people just think, well, I just, you, you You think that that's you and you're so familiar with it that you're comfortable living with this spiritual dynamic and that's just not smart. We need to be living the way God wants us to live, which is really free and full of peace and full of joy. So he kept praising God and he kept breaking through and then he said, One day all those demons, those false friends and those false teachers left. He said, I felt it. I knew it. There was a breakthrough, and because I had a breakthrough, it led to an overflow in my life. A new anointing was on me. He said, I went to church, I shook hands with someone, because he was a pastor, remember. (laughs) He said, hello. He said, they started to cry. They just cried, because he's so anointed. It's just coming off. And he went, oh. And then he said, someone else came up to him. He shook hands with them, and they started to cry. And he thought, oh, something's happening. Something new is on my life. He said there was a blessing and an overflow. His victory was not just for him. It was for all of us. I mean, I went down and heard this guy, I love him, heard him preach and, and, and heard what he did and thought, well, that's good, that's, that's good. And he says, some people say, oh, I don't need to dance. It's like, yes, you do. The Bible says to dance. I don't need to be loud. Yes, you do. The Bible says to be loud. Don't think that your body, the way that you move your body, doesn't direct spiritual things. It does. You don't have to kneel down to pray, but when you kneel down, your body knows you're praying, your spirit knows you're praying. We use our body in ways that helps to break through in the spiritual realm. So, look, I've just thrown out a whole bunch of different examples at you because there are no... Rules. There's no one way of doing it, but that's a good way. I just did the exact same thing as him. I always copy people. I, I tend to have already been doing that sort of praise and worship. But I I just went right half an hour of praise one worship song. I just did exactly the same a few times because why not? I'm, it works for him. I'll do what I need to do. So I just I just do the same. But he kept he he broke through because he was determined to break through, and he was determined to not live with anything on his life that wasn't healthy wasn't good for you. We would do that if it was a physical thing. You know, if we had some ugly wart on our hand, we'd probably get it cut off. You know, we we like to look after ourselves. So let's have that same attitude. Come on, church. Let's have that same attitude to fight the good fight of faith, to take a hold of eternal life, to take a hold of victory which is ours. And I'll finish again with this scripture. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of Of the devil. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.